0: Don't you just sit on it and turn the throttle? This is The Outside Gate with Steve Hall on the L4 Media Network talking US moto and random weirdness. With us today is off-road performance coach Ben Greenwood. So let's bring him on and find out all about him. G'day Ben, how are you? I'm good Steve. Thanks for having us on mate. I'm looking forward to it. No worries. Thank you very much. Um, So who is Ben Um, from it for just right off the top? This guy changed my life um, for the better, Uh, but this show is not about me. It's about Ben. So um, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you come from uh, but at one stage, you're a tradie like me, you're a plumber, I think, and uh, through to now having a successful um, international coaching business business. Ben's biggest client is currently leading the uh, the GNCC series in the states, so um, that's a, uh, certainly is a hell of a success story. Um, ben, just yeah, basically, I'll, I'm going to shut up. You just want to tell us a bit of your story about how you got going um, from plumber, if I'm right there, through to through to now.
1: Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, it's thank you for that feedback too. It's good to hear I had a positive impression um with the training sure did um yeah so i was definitely was a tradie man like uh that's what i started doing 16 i started as a plumber um left school started as a tradie and did that basically for 20 bit over 20 years and then um yeah lots of stuff happened i guess racing and um I guess becoming a dad was probably a big, a big turning point for me. That's when I kind of realized that there was I guess that my my purpose in life was a bit more than I guess just myself. Um that I could have an impact not could have an impact but I kind of had to when you become a dad as you know, you're mm. you've got your own kids like you realize changes, that,
0: changes that, everything.
1: Yeah, you realize that they're kind of watching everything you do and I guess that kind of made me realize that um I could potentially have a, a bit more of a positive influence, I suppose, on on other people's lives. So that was a big turning point for me. And I guess that sort of led me down the path of like basically just giving up plumbing and having a whole career change and becoming a strength and condition coach.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So um with uh can you do you want to talk a little bit about Stu um uh, obviously you know you've you've trained lots of people um you know there's we could probably um there's probably a chance on the slowest guy you've ever trained and then <laughs> Stu, and Stu's probably the fastest so there you go so you've got both ends of the spectrum um how would you come about to uh to end up training Stu that that's got to be an interesting story
1: it is an interesting story mate um like to be truthful, probably the uh, like a high percentage of my clients, like over fifty percent of my clients, would be guys like yourself who are just like older vet riders who just want to have more fun riding their dirt bike for more years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, and be I able guess- to move,
0: be able to move around through the week after they've after <laughs> yeah. they've done that race too. You know, like that's that's not a
1: big be, part of it. Yeah, not be crippled for a week. Yeah, <laughs> Um. Yeah, I guess when I started out, man, like, I honestly didn't, my goal wasn't to coach someone like Stu Baylor, in all honesty, like, I just wanted to help people, like, at the end of my racing career, like you mentioned, like, I was pretty cooked, I had lower back pain, um, anxiety, like, all these things going on in my life, like, that I kind of wanted to help people avoid those, like avoid that pain that I went through and just enjoy riding their dirt bike more. So I never really set out to get clients like Stu on board. Um, that kind of just happened as a result of helping people and helping people get results on their dirt bike. And then that sort of led to guys, I guess, speaking to other guys and word of mouth, and they're like, Oh, yeah, Ben's knows what he's doing, you should chat to him. So how Stu came on board is like one of my very first ever online clients, um, Matt Van Dyke is his name. He's been training with me now for over five years. So when I first became a coach, I just had like a little gym set up in my shed at home at Yak and Dander. And I was just training like anyone who wanted to train with me in Yak and Dander, Um, just general pop clients, grandmas, grandpas, um, mums, dads, everyone. So then I started my online business, which was more niche down to guys that race dirt bikes. And my first ever online client was Matt from the USA. He just followed me on Instagram. And uh, when I started doing the moto thing, he was one of my first ever clients. So turns out he's real good mates with Stu Baylor. And he actually, for a period of time, I think he spawned, he makes those like the big toy hauler things that they have in the States that they tow on yep. the big their F, F trucks and put their bikes in kind of like what we call a base station, I suppose. But so he was like, he sells them. That's what Matt does. So he was like, he sponsored Stu for a little while and, and gave him a, a toy hauler. So Stu injured his knee. Um, he had ACL surgery and he was talking to Matt and Matt's like, well, what are you going to do? Like, what How are you going to rehab it? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Um, and Matt said, oh, well, you should talk to Ben. Like that that's who I've been training with. He's pretty good with with strength and conditioning and with knee stuff. So teed up a phone call. Um, I sent him a couple of messages first, actually, and just said, hey, man, look, I heard you've got a, you're struggling with a knee injury. These are a couple of things you, that you could try maybe. Like if um, if I was like, to help you out like these are a couple of exercises that you could try just to sort of get you going to get things moving after the surgery and I didn't hear anything back from him just he said he like said oh yeah thanks that's all good and then I didn't hear from him for like a month and I'm like oh well that's the end of that then and then one day I just woke up and had a message from Stu Baylor and he's like I'm ready to go we got to talk so jumped on the phone and had a phone call with him and yeah the rest is history we we um had about an hour and a half long phone call and, and since then he's been on the program. So it's
0: awesome. So like, I love things like that where it's just your business has grown organically through word of mouth and just through, just through fucking doing the right thing, you know, Uh, which is fantastic. Like I remember when I first um, got to know you, I think we probably followed each other on Insta or something like that. And I would just made a, a comment about you know this is when i'm still probably fat boy you know and i'm i was first trying to i was first because like first thing i did because i was a fucking mess you know probably about eight years ago i started to lose weight i got skinny but i still wasn't fit you know so yeah then anyway you gave me some free advice is what i'm getting to and you were just you couldn't be more helpful and i wasn't pain wasn't doing anything you just you just gave me free advice helpful and that just you know uh stuck with me and that's the sort of bloke you are so i can i can certainly see why your business has just grown organically word of mouth you know um throughout and now you know like yeah international businessman it's
1: fantastic it is man yeah like uh bryson like he's another sort of big feather in my cap i suppose he's like he's Won the GNCC championship last year, and he's like, he's basically just got to finish this race on the weekend, and he's going to wrap up his, yeah. his second. So, back. just for
0: anyone that doesn't know, um, Bryson Neal. So he is the absolute, uh, he's the boss <laughs> of the uh, GNCC quad, um, the GNCC quad series. Yeah, he, this is he's won a fair few, hasn't he? Like is this, is this three in a row coming up? Or I'm not, as, I'm not right across the quads. Sorry, but I know it's he's definitely won last year
1: yeah he's won last year that was his first year he'd won um oh, okay yeah and so he's going back to back he's yeah. going back to back yeah before that we, which is like it's pretty cool really like that walker fowler guy had won 10 10 years back to back championships in a row right oh yeah. So bryson was the first one last year to break that um that run and he did it straight off the back of acl surgery so um which is pretty cool and and he's he's about to wrap this next one up so Um, but yeah, that kind of come from Stu. Like Stu was obviously he, we rehabbed his knee and he won his first race back and then went on a big like string of wins. He didn't win the championship. Like he just missed out that next year. Um, but he had like a string of wins and like he'd won GNCCs before, but he'd never been like a consistent threat to be like winning or he'd never been a threat to win a championship. So he definitely yeah. made some like massive progress. And that again, that was just like, he recommended myself to Bryson when Bryson had his knee injury. So um again, that was just a, a recommendation from, from word of mouth that that came from him. So um, yeah, it is pretty cool, man. Like I say, it wasn't, it was never really a goal to like have GNC, C champions as clients, but, um, like I say, it's just kind of the way it's evolved and, and I, like, I love coaching those guys, but I, I get as much like enjoyment out of coaching all of my clients. Like they're all, all got similar, I guess, similar goals. They all want to just be the best they can be on their dirt bike. They're just all operating at a different level. Right. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, even me, man, it's just about, um, you know, like, honestly for me, the dirt bike benefits was even like secondary just to like the life benefits that I got, you know, like, yeah. um, being able to, I can, like, I can literally earn more money cause I can fucking work harder in my job. You know, <laughs> like I can take on, um, bigger jobs, um, that would have, where I would have, like, for instance, like there's jobs that I've done since you got my knees and everything strong. Um, there's jobs that I've taken on that I would I would have needed help to get out of the ute when I got home. Like I would have been nearly crawling out of the ute if I'd tried to do that at my age. And now I'll bounce out of the ute after doing a day's work like that. So it's, uh, it certainly made a big difference. I'm a big uh, advocate for it. So Hey um, you want to just uh, give the business a plug? Like, where do people go if they want to um
1: if they want to sign up? Yeah, so the website's Race Ready Off Road Coaching, and that, that's what the business name is, Race Ready Off Road Coaching. So you can go to racereadyoffroadcoaching.com. I I am in the process of overhauling the website. That's a it's pretty basic at the moment. I just kind of um when I sort of I guess it was like two nearly three years ago now, I sort of um, got a new website and and moved all of my, as you know, like I moved to a new training app and everything like that. So there was a bit of work involved in that. So I kind of just rushed through the website building process and I've it's just kind of been left there. So I'm in the process of, yeah. of updating it and, and getting it, but there is a little bit of information there that people can check out. And then on the Instagram, it's just Offroad Performance Coach. There's plenty of information there. Like, I think I've got like 1500 posts now that people could could sift through. There's plenty of free information in there that people could sink their teeth into as well. Yeah, cool, cool.
0: And also too, um, you know, on the Aussie scene, uh, Andy Wilt and uh, who was the other one, uh, Sam?
1: Yeah, Sam Prashira and oh, Cal. I wasn't
0: going to try, I wasn't going to try and say <laughs> Sam sooner. <laughs> Tricky one. <laughs> it's a tricky one yeah it is yeah and and so like for those that don't know that that's three of the biggest um names in off-road racing in Australia so yeah um any aspirations to to
1: train moto guys I would man like if if I had I I've actually had a couple of guys from America uh Supercross guys actually I've had like yeah. talked with them um Yep. They never sort of like had some pretty, I guess, long conversations with them. Um, but they never sort of pulled the trigger. Uh, yeah, so I guess, yeah, like I've like moto itself is a niche, I suppose, and I've kind of niched down inside moto to the off road side of it. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, part a big part of that's just because of my background. Like I raced motocross flat out as a kid, and even even when I was racing off road back in the day, like. As you know, like there wasn't that many off-road races back in the day when we were racing them. Like there was re- really yeah. just the Vic Series and that's it. So every other weekend you'd go race motocross. There was two-day opens on, and that's and not really any practice tracks. So you could go race a, a two-day open basically every weekend if you wanted to. Um, So that's what we used to do was race motocross a lot in between. But I've had, I guess, I've. Like I feel like I'm I'm an off road guy. Like I don't I've I've raced motocross as well my whole life, but I don't really feel like I'm a I'm a motocross racer. So yeah, um, yeah. I guess I just kind of played to my strengths there a little bit, and and also felt that there is quite a few, especially in America. There's like there is a a lot of trainers that train a lot motocross guys specifically, but even over there, like there's not that many uh, trainers that like that are off-road specific to our sport um so i guess that's why i i kind of went down that road and sort of niched down a little bit into the off-road side
0: yeah cool but you i, I know that you are a uh, you're a moto fan though because i know well uh, i've seen here plenty of plenty of posts and plenty of things on um on what's happening in the moto scene in the states um something that i that i have noticed and i've mentioned it a lot to a lot of people um And is the, I think that um, there's a change in body shapes happened over the recent times to guys uh, being a bit bigger, bulkier, you know, Um, Jets got the guns pumping out of the bloody Jersey, you know, Um, you see videos of of, um, Chase working out. We know what a beast Eli is and that, and it's, you know, I. I don't think it's any, um, surprise that they are the three guys winning everything. Um, and I know that, uh, your program is a lot of, a lot of focus on strength. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Would you agree that that's, um, that there's a bit of a, there's been a bit of a change that that's sort of coming into training and that you can sort of see that in the body shapes.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think those those riders you mentioned and even like Roxon, he's also like you watch some of the training he does, he's obviously gets into some some pretty good quality strength training and he's a solid dude, so I guess that's just the Yeah, the way I I don't know, I feel like in off-road like like back in the day when we were racing off-road like not that many people trained anyway, like the the sport i guess even motocross and off-road like when you think about it like it's pretty young as a sport overall like compared to other sports that have that people would train for like all the sports that are at the olympics and things like that that people would have trained for 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 decades whereas motocross and off-road when you really think about it like it's it's only been sort of 30 40 years that it's like had professional level racing so and the off-road side specifically, like, I think has taken a lot to catch up. Like obviously the motocross, especially in America, they've been training properly. Like when Carmichael came through, like everyone mm-hmm. sort of talks about that, how he was one of the first guys to take that, the off-bike side yeah. of it seriously. Yeah, McGrath, McGrath said he, <laughs> Ricky ruined everything because yeah.
0: they were all partying before that. Then yeah. they all had to start training, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, I think the off-road side's probably taken a little bit more to catch up to that, but I think, yeah, any rider knows these days if you're going to be, if you want to be at the top level, like you've got to be fit and strong. There's just no two ways about it these days. So,
0: Yeah. I remember the comment that, um, that Chase made and it's, he's finally actually hit the ground and hurt himself. But he, he he dropped a comment about the way he trains makes him durable. Yeah. Um. At, at one stage during the season, and I thought, yeah, like this dude, like he's he's stacked, like he just bounces, you know. Um, yeah. I... Whereas you know, there's a lot of there's other, and I know there's some of there's there's luck, there's genetics and that sort of thing, but but I I really think you know sometimes I look at riders that are just you know and just think, dude, like. You're too skinny, no wonder when you hit the ground, you hurt yourself, you know.
1: Oh, so. totally, man. Like, I was thinking about it. I'm ho- actually hoping to have uh, Peter Park, that's uh, Chase's coach, like strength and conditioning coach. I'm hope- yep. hoping to have him on my podcast in a few weeks. Um, but I remember like that. For, I'm pretty sure I, I could be wrong, you might know this better than me, but the, the first year he was on the 450, I'm pretty sure when he crashed. And when he was leading, and broke his collarbone, and then he was out for most of the season. Then that next season, at the press conference for Anaheim, they said like, "What have you? What have you been working on in the off season?" And he said like, "I've just been working." He he said, "I've been working on putting on muscle because I had to get not just get stronger, but I had to get like more resilient, like you just said." So when I hit the ground, I don't break. And you could tell just by looking at him when he was sitting there in the press conference, like he had put on a little bit of size, which like I'm totally all for that. Like there's, yeah, like you hear, I hear a lot of stories. Obviously like I'm not over there in the States, but I hear a lot of stories from like from Stu and, and my clients over there that like a lot of trainers are, tell their clients not to put on size. They tell them to restrict their calories because they need to be lighter and that having too much muscle will affect their cardio performance and they won't be able to ride as fast and blah, 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 all this, this shit, which I believe that's the wrong way to come at it. Um, like you just said, like Chase has got it figured out. You look at Eli, Kenny, like all these top dudes, they're not skinny, like they are. They have got a little bit of size on them and, I, I would say it's like a requisite for our sport, like, because it's only a matter of time before you hit the ground, right? Like, it's mm. no matter how. Good- and those, um, like, the bikes, man, like, they're
0: fucking, those 450s are so fast. And, you know, they're like, they weigh, they weigh about the same as what the rider weighs. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, and they're, so they're muscling, you know, muscling that around and just, just hanging on with the, the, that's the power these things have got alone that before they have to start actually moving around and making the bike move, you know, just literally the hanging on requires a lot of strength. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which, um, you know, like I think the old fashioned, um, the old fashioned just grinding on, on, uh, on the pushy, on the push bike, on the bicycle for those, uh, <laughs> those, those in the States that are listening. I know I, was, I think most of my listeners are, are, are from the States, all all, uh, all probably 30 of years. Um, <laughs> the, um, yeah, the bicycle, you know, like that's, you know, it's the Eldon thing. Like I, I, yeah, I don't mind. I've, I've been critical of Alden. you know. Um, I wrote an article that was critical of him there at one stage um, and, uh, you know, just that that grinding or uh, grinding the cardio and just burning guys out and not and not letting them eat enough you know we, we remember that mm. um roxon's first was it his first win on on rch i think um on the podium and he said something about oh you know like he he made a crack about what he'd had to eat you know because yeah. he was finally you know away <laughs> from Elden and he was allowed to eat yeah and um you know coop Coop being miserable, RV being miserable, Ricky being miserable—you know, like all that sort of thing—and and we've, I've, you know, we've heard Alden on on podcast say that he he really factors in power to weight, you know. So yeah, but you know that's uh, that's his deal. But yeah, it's not working out for him
1: so much at the moment, is it? No, well, well, that's what I was about to say. You really. Like you can't argue with the dude's program. Like he straight up gets results. But on the f- like on the same side of the coin, like he's also had a lot of riders that haven't got results. Like that. Like the way, like the way, it's not going to work. The same thing is not going to work for every person. So some people will thrive in that environment and and get the result but some people yeah some people won't so um i like personally i believe he was probably this is just my perspective (laughs) not to say i'm right um this is just an opinion i reckon he was probably lucky to get like ricky baba those guys at the start like they were just the best of the best anyway so yeah. Once you, once you have some success and people go there, they're like, fuck this pro. So it's more mental when you go and train with Eldon. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. It's not the, I believe that's his biggest thing is not the the program necessarily. Like it's obviously, he's obviously getting them fit. No doubt. But yeah. Yeah. I believe it's like the confidence that
0: the confidence they get 100% yes. that that I'm tra- I'm training with Elden so I don't have to think about my training I just have to do what he says and I'll be a winner. And
1: he's already that's that, that, seven, that yeah. mental sword. He's already won 7 championships and I'm going to be the 8th like that's that's the biggest thing I think he would bring to the table for those guys. Um yeah, and it definitely I mean it works for some but yeah, I think, you know,
0: I mean, Coop Coop's, you know, like Coop was thinking about retiring because he was that burnt out, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: like that that says everything, doesn't it? It does, yeah, for sure. Like it, it's got to be, well, I guess, in again, in motocross, it's another thing. Like they do have shorter careers in motocross. Like in off-road, it's like guys do ride into their 30s whereas that's that's a little bit less common in the motocross side of it but yeah if you if you enjoy riding your dirt bike and you want to keep doing it then you need to be in an environment that allows you to enjoy it um and not one that makes you feel like you want to give it away i think
0: yeah that's right yeah hey um we'll move on a little bit what's your thoughts on um so this one's prob- not not exactly in your wheelhouse but it is a little bit What's your thoughts on, um, on like fast brain, fast eyesight sort of thing? You know, like, um, they, there's a lot, you hear a lot of talk about, um, they used to always use Formula One as an example that those guys are just, they, the, the, their genetics is that they can, they can see fast, fast stuff. They see it slower is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And that, that works for all forms of motorsport. Do you think that's something that is, um, that's just genetic you're just lucky or is that something that you can train for
1: i don't think it's genetic no i think it just comes down to your environment and the amount of time you've spent trying to perfect a skill like if you took a dude like i don't follow f1 i don't even know who the fastest guy in f1 is these days but if you yeah i don't either if you took (laughs) if you took him and put him on a dirt bike what is it daniel ricardo he's an australian guy isn't he he's he's the aussie in there yeah yeah. i think
0: there's another aussie in there now too but i don't know like Like, i reckon it's it's shit (laughs) (laughs) like
1: you put you put that guy on a dirt bike and he's gonna suck and you put jet lawrence in an f1 car he's probably gonna do okay but he wouldn't do as good as daniel ricardo right because he spent, he's dedicated his whole life to riding a dirt bike, and Daniel Ricardo's dedicated his whole life to driving the car. So, I I don't think it's genetic. It just comes down to your perception of fast is is different. And when you when you're someone like Jet and you've dedicated your whole life to racing dirt bikes at the highest level, like his perception of fast is just on another level to yours and mine. Um, so I think it, yeah, it just comes down to, it's not genetics. It's, it's environment. I remember a thing like someone told me this, that they took, this was in the nineties. I reckon they took uh, world rally car drivers and they put them in the F1 cars and they put the F1 drivers in world rally cars. And the, the rally car drivers were like half a second off the Formula One car times and yeah. the Formula One drivers in the rally cars just couldn't even do it. Like they literally couldn't do it. They were nowhere near the times because they were just too scared to go that fast on the dirt road in like in between the trees.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that hundred percent, you know, like, I mean, I, I, in my younger days, well, I did race cars a little bit and my dad did. And so I grew up, you know, a, a, a big fan of four-wheel sport as well as, as the two. And, yeah, I think rally car drivers, uh, you know, those World Rally guys, they're the best drivers in the world by and by a
1: long way. Oh, but, for sure, uh, man. It's pretty yeah. pretty crazy what they do when you see some of the footage from outside, like if you've got a, like a camera on the side of the track or something, when they go past, in the in the speeds they're doing through the trees is gnarly yeah it's just like, it's ridiculous isn't it yeah yeah
0: yeah and that's um you know like I, I i believe in in the same thing like if you took um any of the top moto guys well i mean bale proved it you know like so is people that are younger will be thinking who the fuck's bale so but yeah so jean michel bale was the, the 91 supercross champion and two classes of motocross champion in the States. He was a French guy. And then he decided, Oh, fuck this. I want to race, um, uh, road racing. You know, he, he was a real tick the box guy. He won two world championships and then he was like, Oh, I'm going to America, won everything in America. And then he was like, Oh, what I'll do now, I'm going to go and win uh, that. So he didn't win the uh the title in road racing, but he podiumed in like his I think his first season, he podiumed. Yeah. And uh that just was like, you know, like this guy's been riding Motocross and Supercross his whole life. You know, and within like a, a year or so he podiumed a um well, it wasn't called MotoGP GP back then, but but yeah, he podiumed the, the premier class of road racing. So, you know, and I but I mean if you took um you know one of those guys and you know, I mean, all those all those guys like I've seen Jack Miller, yeah. Moto, and that like they are all kick ass. Like they're good. Yeah. But if you you know they're good as in um, if they if they um, lined up against a bunch of um, state A graders, like they could win it. Yeah. But if but but they're not going to be anywhere. They're not going to go anywhere near qualifying for a national or um, you know no. or, or definitely not a supercross. You know. So yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's just the, I think that's the, the. When there's dirt involved, the track changes all the time. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it's as simple as that, like the adaptability and the, you know, everything's completely different, but
1: Yeah. 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 Cool. I think like, I often think about that, man, with, um, like you see a lot of people, it's, it's one of my pet peeves actually, but with the, the moto training scene is you see a lot of people like doing their balance training on freaking bosu balls and all this crap. oh yeah i know you hate that Yeah. but i think about this a lot man like if you think about like like tim coleman you know tim coleman right yeah yeah dude's a freak right like he's probably like in technical skills he'd probably put graham jarvis to shame like in that like to in bike skills yeah. and like the tricks and shit he can do on a bike, and his balance on a dirt bike is just like out of this world. The shit he can do on a dirt bike, there's no way known he's winning that a GNCC or an AORC. Like, he's got, yeah, he's got the best balance on a dirt bike almost in the world, and mm. he's still not going to win in GNCC because he doesn't train for that. Like, that's not what he does on the dirt bike, he doesn't train to ride as fast as you can on the dirt bike. So you got to like figure out what's your limiting factor on the dirt bike. It's probably fucking not balanced. Like that's probably not the thing that's holding most people back on the dirt bike. Like to an extent, yeah, you got to have good balance, but wobbling around in like a static position is not going to have any carryover to trying to rail a rut third gear wedged or get around a set of sand rollers third gear wedged. Like, it's that specific a skill that you're gonna get better at that by doing that, not not by improving your balance. So you just do that if you
0: wanted to join the
1: circus or something <laughs> like that,
0: and you wanted to, you know, you wanted to to fucking juggle on a fucking uh,
1: ball or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what Tim Coleman does, right? He goes around and does those shows, like he does like stunt shows on his trials bike and on his um, on his hard enduro bike. And obviously those skills, like if you're talking about hard enduro racing, there's a benefit to having those finer bike skills. Oh, yeah. But when, yeah. when it comes to Absolutely. like trying to ride a dirt bike as fast as you can, like it's not like they're different. They're just, again, they're too, although it's the same thing, it's still a dirt bike and you're riding it off road. There's such a different skill. Like this, the skill is so skill specific that you've just got to spend more time practicing it to get better at it like it's like Jetman. like you've probably seen those things i've posted like people that that pull that he's just a natural freak card and say oh he's just a freak of nature like that pisses me off like it's an insult to his family man when people say that i reckon like they've sacrificed everything to go like they sold all their shit and went lived in a tiny little room in europe and ate cans of tuna (laughs) like it's that's why he's so good on a dirt bike now because he's devoted his life to it since he was a tiny kid um Mm. and the whole family has too so it's it's easy to say that he's just a freak but he didn't he didn't come out of the womb like that it's because of his environment it's because of his environment like yeah yeah,
0: because you know, I guess, uh, I guess Dazzy, D- D- mum and dad weren't weren't fucking <laughs> weren't champions, were they? So, no. you know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure Dazzy swung his leg over a bike, and he might, he was probably a good rider, but yeah, he wasn't uh, winning AMA titles.
1: So, exactly, man. But yeah, not that, all, uh, that's
0: not all genetics.
1: Yeah, exactly. It kind of just comes down that environment. Like, it's still like his parents deserve all the credit for that because they've like, they set that up for them. Um, But yeah, like I, I think it's, it's a, I don't really believe the genetics thing. I think it's just, it's straight up environment. That's, that's what, that's what fine tunes all of those skills is the environment, not, not the genetics.
0: Dude, which, which rider, so it it just, uh, which rider would you love to train? So not not could you you know would it ever happen? Just like you know, so dream dreamland. Just any any rider in the world would you love to to train and and why? Like why?
1: That's a really good question, man. I don't know. I honestly, I honestly feel like I've got all of my dream clients. Nice. <laughs> no, I don't know if you could get any any better than coat than training Stu Baylor. Um like if I had to choose someone like it'd probably be Eli Tomac just because he's just a fucking weapon. Like he's just an animal. I'd love- just to fucking see him in action in the just to yeah. see him train. Like
0: nobody gets to see him training. Like yeah you just wonder what the fuck he's doing up in those fucking <laughs> hills man. Like you know like you know I could just imagine him just like you know just like lugging boulders up and down a fucking mountain or something you know like and you know it's uh just going full rambo out there for a weekend and you know like all this sort of stuff like that guy's just a beast he's yeah i'm so glad that he's going around again you know he's oh, um, me too man big me fan too. just the way he goes about it like yeah just yeah uh, we are really uh really lucky to be witnessing um that guy his stuff that's for sure and I I can't wait to see um the him versus chase versus jet that's just going to be something special you know as well as like this you know like Kenny man Kenny is really he's I think he's really got his shit together yeah jeez I hope I'm right but like he really does like you would have you would have um heard one of his interviews, he he, he was really open, sort of half or not even sort of, but a third of the way through the season, he got really open this year, and he even said things like that um, he admitted that things were scaring him because of his accident and flashbacks, and he started admitting things and showing a bit of vulnerability, but that brings honesty to himself, you know? Yeah. And I think he's worked out, I think he's really worked out some of his demons. I believe he's, he had a lot of mental demons going on you know and I think he, he just seems to have real clarity in his own mind and then and with that man like you know if your mind's not right your body can't get right either you know as, as you know it's like all it's it's all one unit you know yeah and um I think also being real happy um with that um, with the Suzuki team. 'Cause he's a guy that likes his freedom too, you know? Yeah. He likes his freedom. And um I think uh, you know, like I mean shit, man, like he he just um there was not the slightest bit of weakness through two basically two main events at LA, you know, he they basically rode two main events that night. Yeah. And there was no weakness. He was just fucking on it the whole time. So that's a really good sign to see coming into next year, isn't it? You know. And then you never know with guys like Anderson, like, fuck, he could just be
1: good again. Like, you don't You never know what ja has got to get up to. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of J.A. I'd, I'd love to see him get up again. I feel like he's got it there. I don't know what the go is there with him. He, he's, he seems to be hot and cold. Like he, I don't know if it's, if it's a mental thing with him as well or not.
0: But. Yeah. I think he's a very mental operator. Like, I think, you know, a lot mean, well, he's he said he is you know like you would on um his interview on on gypsy there which got a lot of traction that where he spoke about like after his championship year the pressure just got to him and he just like i was just like fuck it i can't handle it you know yeah um so i think when when the mental side gets tough he does you know he struggles with that you know and i mean fuck man i I, I know from experience about mental struggles, so I um I got a lot of sympathy for that. But I hope he bounces back. Um, hope he bounces back because that's just another one that's just like you know, like you know, everyone's everyone. We say it every year. Could be the fucking greatest season ever, you know. <laughs> so well, yeah. it'll be.
1: I think it'll be a, a good season, like you said. Like Kenny's in a good place, and I think that just comes back to kind of what we were talking about before. Is just him having fun again and enjoying enjoying the program again like you say he does sounds like he likes to have a bit more freedom and he's probably found that there but i'm just so stoked man that he fucking towed some people up on that suzuki like i like so many people just rode him off going to that thing and i just reckon it was so cool that he he actually got some sweet results on that bike yeah
0: i loved it i loved it you know like I mean, I, I like I was I was a big Kenny fan, and then it, like I, honestly, he, he lost me through his later Honda years, and that he he sort of lost me, and 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 that was um, I'm not as big a fan as I used to be, but I, he's earned a lot of respect back, and I still really just wish the best for him, and just hope that he, you know, I'd love to see him fucking win everything, you know, on that especially on that Suzuki, yeah, that would be great, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, just another one about um, what can be learnt or or not? Um, just like grittiness, that that ability to that, that ability to um, learn to enjoy the suffering. Do you think anyone?
1: Do you think everyone can do that? I think that comes back to uh, your training has a huge role in it i believe like actually training hard but not to the not being silly about it like not being going david goggins about it and like digging yourself a hole and burying yourself and over training (laughs) but just like training hard i believe that does play a role in it um which kind of like helps build that self belief. Like when you get in those situations, you know, you've done the work. So you're like, okay, let's fucking go. I'm gonna like, I can, I can work this guy because I know I've done the work. Um, It's part that and part like, just how fucking bad do you want it? Like some people say they want it, but they don't fucking want it bad enough. Do you know what I mean? Like it's easy to say it, but when someone actually wants it, they, like Bryson and Stu are two perfect examples of it, like what, every time they get on that bike, they will do anything to win. So. Sorry,
0: man. You just cut out just slightly in that, just that last sentence. Just, yeah. So you you just said Bryson and Stew are like that. Yeah. And then, then you. You just dropped out a little bit. Just repeat that bit because I I could tell it was a good thing. You know, (laughs) I was like, I don't want to miss that.
1: That was a good thing you were on (laughs) there. So, yeah, they've both got that quality, man. Like they both want to win more than anything and they will do whatever it takes. Like when they get on the dirt bike, they will do whatever it takes to win. Yeah. And not – so they – not only they want to win they expect to win and they believe they can win so they will do whatever it fucking takes to win at at the end of the day do you know what i mean so they expect that out of themselves they believe in themselves and then when the crunch when it comes to crunch time they make it happen because of those those things cool have
0: have you been over to the states to see either of the guys in the GNCC?
1: Not yet, man, no. It's on my list of things. Hopefully next year I'm going to get over there for sure. Awesome. Which, which GNCC are you going to try and get to? Um, It'll probably be later in the year. Like it'll probably be towards this, this later. So it could be like, it probably would be like one of these ones, like the Mountaineer that they've just done or the Buckwheat coming up um i'd love to go to iron man like the final round that looks epic like they have a huge amount of people there. they get like ten thousand spectators there i'm pretty sure um yeah. like that. what's the one on the golf course that used to
0: be a golf course i don't know if did, they, did they do, do they do that every year or was that just a one-off yeah i don't think it's still there i think that might because that was like that was like fucking every dirt bike guy Dream. who's not a golfer <laughs> that's your dream you drive past golf course especially golf course it's got a bit of elevation and that and you're just like oh fuck. yeah look at that <laughs> like and they actually did it you know that, that yeah so yeah, that was so i remember seeing the footage of that and it was just like oh man that's like, yeah. yeah that's the dream when you drive past the golf course is like wow not it's funny though a lot of dirt bike guys a hell of a lot they love to golf as well so they probably wouldn't be into that but they probably would though yeah they probably still would yeah cool hey um motocross of nation's coming up um obviously we know that uh who we want to win (laughs) what's your what's your thoughts on the other teams and and um you know particularly what's your thoughts on the on the the u.s team and um and how do you think uh, it's likely to all shake out if you if you take your um take your Aussie heart out for a sec? What's what's your thoughts?
1: <laughs> well, I think the Aussie team's an awesome team. The Australian team, like I reckon, that's going to be one of our best chances to to put it up there that we've had in quite some time. So I'm stoked to see how that goes. Um, the US team, like I think it's a great team. Like it was. It blew me away seeing some of the comments that people were were posting up about about those three guys going like me too like AP like they've all they've all won championships haven't they? Maybe RJ probably hasn't like RJ hasn't but yeah like they're like three of the most legit dudes and people are like. Like, all these people are commenting, like, why should we even bother? Like, just don't send a team if we can't send. <laughs> I'm like... Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> it's, yeah. It's crazy. Um, Yeah, like, I don't think it's a winning team, potentially, or it's as good as, obviously, having Chase and Eli there. Yeah. But, fuck, like, it's still a, a sick team. They'll still get a great result.
0: And But, I mean, the the slightest, the, you know, if we... If if one of the you know one of our guys has a rough day, and something goes wrong with the French, like you know, then uh, you know, like it's it's fucking wide open. Oh, it's absolutely wide. It's absolutely wide open. So
1: anything can happen you know at those those. Like like you know what those races are like. Like anything can happen at those. When you got all those different riders on the track and the condition, I think it's going to be dry, isn't it, this year? Yeah, from what I've heard,
0: it's a it's a, it's going to be dry, and it is a it's a hard packed track. Yeah, um, you know that's my sort of limited knowledge of her and a, um, and you know, like I, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, how Ferris does. I know um, Dean Dean's copped a little bit of disrespect on uh, on the uh, from the Moto Media leading up to it about you know been a sort of a weak link and i've heard a few things like that which sort of really yeah yeah i've heard it heard a few things there and i was like "I fucking i was like fuck i was you know i was ready to dm DM guys and and and, 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 you know and that sort of thing Uh, i didn't but um i just but i I fuck i will once he, he he goes out there and fucking kicks ass yeah that's when i'll dm people yeah but there, I've heard a little bit of little bit of disrespect
1: there, yeah. Because well, like- who else would they send, man? Like he he won the championship oh. and he's our best rider here. And you look at like Jed Beaton, basically had nothing for him this year. Like he nothing. he nothing for him. He no. struggled hard. So like Mitch Evans isn't as fast as Jed Beaton, is he? Oh, look they're...
0: It's hard to say. You know, Mitch has been – and, you know, Mitch is fucking great. No no, knock on him or Jed, but, like, oh, nice. Mitch Mitch has been in the 450 class a lot longer than Jed, I guess, yeah. um, who is the fastest. It's hard to know. Yeah. But, like, just as far as, like, honestly, Dean seems like he is in – he seems like he's in career best form. So forget about what his age is. Hmm. And he's just, like – apart from a couple of bad weekends and then you know in the last round he managed um the other rounds like he just fucking waxed everyone like he put on fucking clinics through the year against you know um a, a fucking stacked field in our in our four fifty class. He's, and um he's really good in hard pack. Like. And and that's the thing hard like he's good everywhere but he's really good in hard pack yeah. you know and he's he's got a real good um like I, I can see him sort of being like a, a a leader on that team you know I see him sort of filling the role as a bit of a bit of a leader um as far as his head space yeah. you know yeah like I don't think that it will be um I don't think it'll be like a um Anything sort of overwhelming, a big deal. I think he'll just go there and just do business, you know. Yeah, um, which is I think is a really good thing for the team. And um, but yeah, you know, like it's um, it's interesting. You know, there's there's other you know, like I'm no um, I'm not an MX uh, GP sort of expert, but there's some other really good um, really good teams. You never know. So you get ones, you get things like. We could have another Coldenhoff episode, you know, where yeah. it's just like, or an Anstey, when Anstey did it, where this guy who was like only like a top five guy in their own series just fucking decides they're going to beat the world because their yeah. they're, they're mojo's working that weekend at the Nations, you know. So
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, and you never know, you know sort of um, what's going to happen there, man. Yeah. Well, Hurlings will be there too, won't he? Uh, no, Hurlings isn't there. No, he was know. originally on the on the list and that sort of thing, but yeah, I, I um I was sort of hearing he is or he is not and that sort of thing, and then but no, I, I did hear today that no, he's, he's yeah he's not, yeah okay, he's not there. He was on the he was on the original list. I think there's an original list still sort of floating around, but yeah, um no, but you know they still have a good team, and you know like there there's heaps. Of them. I listened to something that um the, you know there was a the thing that um Lewis and the other the other pom do that was uh, giving it a pretty good um, rat rundown on what's going on, but it's hard, man. Like hard to follow. I follow the Aussie stuff close, of course, yeah. and the US stuff, and it's like, and I run my own business, and I do all this sort of shit as well. As like, fuck, I don't have time to watch the the <laughs> MXGP, but I'd really like to. I, I will. I've got to. I've got to just sort of make a commitment to do it, so I know a bit more about it. Yeah, I, I don't
1: follow it hardcore. I, I did watch a couple. I honestly haven't watched any this year. I watched a couple last year and it was actually really good racing. The one the couple that I watched. I feel like like the level was definitely a lot higher than when I watched it like years ago. Um, and just the quality of the footage was really good too. So yeah, it it it'd be cool to see that hurlings battle go down, like hurlings and and jet
0: or oh yeah yeah that's that's the one that everyone everyone would have yeah. loved to see yeah
1: yeah
0: for yeah. sure hey man what um so for a um for a a rider let's just say you know like a a a b grader or a or a good clubman for instance that is just riding their bike heaps um but not but doing fuck all training you know, what would you advise them as just a starting point?
1: A starting point would just be like two to three sessions a week, two to three hours. If you could get that in like even two hours, I've got some clients that, that only do two sessions a week, like two hours a week that get like amazing results, like tangible results that they feel on the dirt, like when they go riding, um, It's, it's, that's one of those things that I preach to everyone is just consistency. Like if you, if you do two, two sessions a week, two hours of training a week in, in one year, that's like a hundred sessions. So that adds up over time. So it. It really just depends, like everyone's busy, right? So, but I feel like like two to three hours is achievable for for most people. Um, Like two hours, you could even break like three sessions up into two hours, like three 45 minute sessions um, or whatever's achievable for you. But just building like a really good foundation of strength and then obviously bringing your, your cardio capacity up with that. Most people that ride a lot, tend to have pretty good cardio anyway, because just by the nature of what we do their heart rate up and you get conditioned to riding that if you ride doing a lot of bike time, your cardio is probably not going to be too bad. You still want to obviously train it and try and improve it, but you might not have to do a ton of volume to get some gains there and then just, yeah, building a really good foundation of strength. And yeah, you'll notice, massive gains then the other big one low hanging fruit for most people is just their nutrition man like getting their hydration dialed in with electrolytes and enough food like obviously eating enough during the week and then having like a a nutrition strategy that when you go and even if you go to a motocross race and you're doing 320s for the day or you're going to go race a off-road event and race for two or three hours like you need to have your nutrition plan dialed in so you making sure that you're giving your body the fuel it needs.
0: What's your best tip for for people to get enough protein? Like what? flock like for so, for instance, a dude that's racing, but he's busy as shit. You know, like a lot of us are, and um, it sometimes it can be really hard just to get enough protein in because everything that's quick and easy to eat is just about, it's almost all carbs, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, like, you know, you, you know uh, whether it's, you know, uh, everything. Everything that's easy is, is pretty much um, carbs or bad stuff. But even if someone's not, at, you know, staying clear with the bad stuff, just literally get enough protein in
1: when you're going hard. What's your tip for that? Biggest one would be making sure you include, like, a solid serve of protein at breakfast. That's where most people, like, if you just eating like the traditional bowl of cereal for breakfast that's okay like it's fine but it is like you say it's basically just carbs there's going to be very little protein in that so you're starting off your day and you're already sort of in a deficit like you're going to be chasing your tail all day the main thing with protein is trying to spread it out over the course of your day so you want to be trying to get like a portion of protein in all of your main meals your breakfast your lunch your tea and a snack that you might have. So the biggest tip would be to try and front load that into the your breakfast. So eggs is obviously a good option. Um, smoothies. If you are into like oats, you can put a scoop of protein or two in with oats and do like protein porridge. That's an easy one. Um, otherwise, it's just your traditional proteins, um, like obviously all your animal products that like that's what I tell most people like breakfast doesn't just because it's breakfast, it can be, Mm. it can be steak and veggies if you want, like Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So you can go that way with it too. But if you're struggling to get it in, that's, I'd find an option that's easy for you to prepare in the morning to get like a good amount, like 30 to 40 grams in, in the morning. And then, obviously having some a serving your lunch and then like pro if you do struggle to hit your protein target, then having a protein powder, a good quality protein powder is not a bad option because it's, it's obviously easy just to chuck it in a water bottle and you can get an extra 30, 40 grams in that way as well.
0: Yeah. Cool. Cool, man. And um, at some stage, you're going to have your own electrolyte um, brew coming out. How's that going?
1: Yeah, we're working on that, man. It's been a bit of a slow process. Um I've got a mate. I, I, I feel like I probably should have just gone to a company that I don't I didn't know them. I've got a mate doing it for me, so it's kind of on Oh no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah that old that old chestnut
0: It yeah. always goes to shit does not it because it, yeah well it hasn't gone to shit it's just
1: it's taken yeah. longer than well,
0: not to shit but yeah it's like oh ben ben won't go crook he'll he'll yeah. wait i better look after this other guy for exactly us. yeah i know this is exactly the same as when my sister needs me to fix something at her house it's, it's gonna take Never fucking ages
1: instead of other people yeah <laughs> no nah, but that's the yeah uh... we we are working on it we are working on it um We've had a couple of, we've done a couple of batches and we're just fine tuning it a little bit to get the flavor exactly the way I would like it to taste. Um, but it's, it's definitely going to be next year for sure, but it, it will be coming for sure. Cool, man. Cool. Hey, got some random questions for you.
0: Yeah. Um, hit me with them. Let's see. Let's see. I've got a list of you. So- who was your childhood hero? <laughs> Doesn't have to be Moto, but it like, can be, like whatever.
1: Well, I guess when I was a kid, man, like you, we didn't, you couldn't watch Moto on telly, like dirt bikes. Like it wasn't really a thing, um, dirt bikes. You had to buy a, um, yeah
0: had to buy, like, for, like for me, like you had to buy a VHS yeah. tape of, of something. Yeah like my hero is rick johnson still yeah is. yeah because and that that was because um we were on a shopping trip in the city and i saw a video and i bought it you know yeah and that that literally would have been the first supercross race i ever saw yeah okay would have been on that rick johnson tape even though i'd been riding yeah. bikes and and reading magazines but that would have that would have been the first time i'd seen it so yeah
1: well, here's a funny one for you. I reckon mine would have probably been Dick Johnson, a race car, a touring car. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because, yeah, my old man was, like, mad into cars and and we watched the touring cars, like, every time it was on tally when I was a kid. So that was probably my motorsport thing that I was into. Like, obviously, we, we raced dirt bikes when I was a kid, but you only got to see, like, the guys at the track that you'd race with. Like, you couldn't watch it on TV or videos. Like, yeah. I remember getting Krusty Demons when I was – i I was 18 when that came out and that was one of the first like moto moto vids um and and the the terra firmas and that obviously um so yeah it was probably dick johnson i reckon i probably thought he he was a bit of a hero of mine when i was a kid watching him race so yeah well it's same for me
0: like like i said like dad riding the cars and i was too and we, we always watched all the uh the touring cars as they called it back then yeah before the V8 supercars. And, yeah, Dick Johnson was my guy. So, yeah, I guess at one stage uh, my my four-wheel hero was Dick Johnson. My <laughs> two-wheel hero was Rick Johnson. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Hey, so um, three industry people, so industry people, riders, whatever, um, on a road trip with you, who are they and where are you going to? so just a
1: fun road trip (laughs) um I'd probably bring Tuffy along he's good for a
0: laugh (laughs) um so for those that don't know Tuffy is a um is is he still the editor no not at ADD no no, he still does stories for them he's an Aussie moto off-road media guy who's done like everything used to race magazines, um, you know. He's, he's an everywhere guy, isn't he? Everyone knows him and he's everywhere. And he's a fucking good bloke too, yeah. Yeah. So just industry leaders or could it be racing? Oh, anyone. Any, anyone in the dirt bike scene. Three three for a fun road trip and where are you heading? Um, I'd
1: go Tuffy. Probably Alden. That'd be funny. <laughs> because of good conversations (laughs) and toby price
0: there's a random one yeah yeah toby'd be fun that's for sure yeah yeah he um yeah it's uh that guy like yeah can't say enough um can't say enough you can't say enough simple as that about old um pricey that's for sure yeah he'd have some good stories i reckon yeah Hey, um, what was your first bike and what's your favorite
1: bike? First bike was a Peewee 50, an 85 Peewee 50, a little one with the gold wheels and a red seat. <laughs> I reckon my favorite bike was, we had a 95 KX100 big wheel back in the day. Had yep. uh, uh, Bruce Woodley Powerflow had done the, the motor on that back in the day. That was a pretty cool little bike. I'd love to get like get one of them and do it up one day. What was your favourite
0: moto track in, in? So for those that don't know, um, Ben lives in the same state as me, Victoria. And um, what was your favourite moto track in Vic?
1: Way I, without a doubt, the Way I motocross track, for sure. Nice.
0: Oh, it's not not one I can say I've ever been to. So. Oh really. It- yeah, yeah, you're a bit further east than me.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, it's not – it. they closed it down maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, unfortunately, but it was an epic track. Nice, nice. Ravenswood's
0: my favourite, but, you know, like, I mean, I've I've never raced at Ravenswood because I've never been involved with that particular club, but, yeah, but just ride days and that there, it's um bloody, yeah it's a it's a real good uh it's a good old boys track yeah i haven't raced ravenswood yeah yeah oh, look it, i mean i think i think the only people that probably aren't all about it is you know real pro guys because it's yeah it's a bit easy for them but yeah yeah okay um that's um that's my favorite yeah um this one's a bit deeper man so what are your um as a person what are your values? You know, like, for instance, like my, mine, you know, I value, you know, honesty, uh, in, you know, honesty, authenticity, things like that. Um, what about yourself?
1: Yeah, I would say health is up there Value your health. Va- definitely value honesty and work ethic. Yeah. none of them surprised me man yeah that's
0: uh that's it, certainly you know i mean i don't know you super well i know you you know a little bit and yeah none of that um surprised me that's a question i i like to ask people it's it's um it's a bit deep but it's very um very interesting yeah it's good man. and um one more man um who's your hall pass so i think hall pass is the right term for it so who's your um Who's like your uh, your your favorite um, chick? That's that's not uh, Mrs. Greenwood, you know, like <laughs> celebrity chicks, all that sort of thing. You know, like the whole past, like the you know, if you 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 get one shot at a sort of thing, you know, who's your who's your who is she? <laughs> she.
1: I think every, everyone has one. <laughs> um, I don't even know, man. Jesus, that yeah. I
0: don't know. Don't know. That's one you I, have to think about. I would
1: have to think about
0: that. <laughs> hey so for now it's just Mrs. Gregwood.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> good. Good. Good job, man. Good job. <laughs> I yeah. I, uh, I reckon that. Um, what do we got? That's probably just about. Um, we're just about there. I reckon, man. Just about there. Yeah, getting close. Yeah, yeah, we've gone a bit over an hour. I try and keep these things to not too much longer than that. So um, dude, I don't know if you saw the first show, but um do you know the uh do you know the words to the gambler? The gambler. Kenny Rogers. I don't. You'll have to teach me. <laughs> That's all right, man. That's all right. Now I did this last week. I just thought, fuck it, I'll just I might just make it a thing now. So um yeah, because last week I forgot to for the first show I forgot to organize the outro music, so I just and it was too late and all that sort of thing. And I, I'm a dude that's always fucking singing and shit, so I just thought, well, I'll just it back make back it up as I go. So if you know the chorus, when the chorus comes up, you can join in. And I'm gonna I'm not gonna sing as much as I did last week because it was just too fucking long. <laughs> so I handed in my bottle, and he drank down my last swallow. Then he bummed a cigarette and asked me for a light. And the night got deathly quiet and his face lost all expression. Said if you're going to play the game, boy, you got to learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. All right. (laughs) Thanks, Ben. Thanks for joining us for episode two. And thanks for anybody who's listened. Cheers.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on.